Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fancy changing job or trying a new career? Data is at the center of everything we do. From providing critical services to the front line to delivering the latest news and entertainment into hands and homes all over the world. All of this is made possible because of the data center industry, one of the world's fastest growing industries. At Host in Ireland, our partners have a wide range of jobs available, from engineers to project managers, electricians to technicians. To find your next job, visit the jobs page at hostinireland.com. For the past 20 years, I've been immersed in the world of true crime and have confronted serial killers face to face. My name is M. William Phelps, host of the hit podcast, Paper Ghosts. Now my new show, Crossing the Line. Get ready for the uncensored truth, interviews with top experts, and stories of the missing and murdered you have not heard anywhere else. I mean, he was the master manipulator of coercive control. It turns out that the dead guy worked out at the same gym. Listen to Crossing the Line, coming October 12. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely cool and chill, if I do say so myself. In our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird?, we'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of your favorite comedians, musicians, and other A-list celebrities. Sorry, we're major. Listen to How Did We Get Weird? from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are we alone? Is Earth really the only planet with life or is something else out there? Saucers, hovering disks, unexplainable shapes in the sky, levitated into the spacecraft. A real bright beam appeared. A large number of perfectly sane and reliable people have been involved in this flying saucer business. I am willing to get on the UFO. <laughs> what is that? And, and leave. I'm, I want to leave. Well, space is there. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous, greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Ariel Zumros. Okay, so Janice, 
You are an incredibly professional producer on this show. And also, you have a story about how you saw something inexplicable in the sky. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Can you tell me what you saw? So I was home for the holidays. Um, I was living in New York at the time, and I came to Los Angeles to visit. It was a few days before Christmas 2017. We were driving around, me and my sister. We went to one of the local malls in Cerritos, California, and I was looking for parking. And I saw to my left just on a crazy amount of people just looking at the sky. Everyone had their phones up. And I looked up, and there was this huge machine. It had like an oval long shape, like a silver kind of like squid, because it was like kind of spewing these white clouds into the dark night. It was just so big. It really took over. It took over the sky. Were you freaked out? I was just like, Jessica, my sister's name is Jess. I was like, get out your phone. Dude, what is that? And in the video, you can hear my friend just yell. Oh my God, se va a acabar el mundo. Oh my God. Oh my God, the world's gonna end. Like, she was legit scared. And in that moment, I think we all were. It literally felt like, okay, there's an invasion happening. And I don't even know what the appropriate process is. Do we stop our car? Do we get out? Do we drive home? Because I've seen, you know, I've seen the movies. I've seen Independence Day. <laughs> I know, I know where things go. Like, This is our moment. This is where I get abducted, in the Cerritos Mall parking lot. Calls flooded TV stations with UFO sightings. Eventually, I found out that it was a SpaceX rocket that was launched in the sky. The rocket's unusual whale-shaped contrail feeding a frenzy. All of California was equally freaking out. New videos showing a car crashing as the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launch illuminated the night above. Wow, what is that? Once we found out that it was SpaceX, I did feel a little better knowing that it wasn't what I thought it was. But I think what came to mind immediately after that was, oh, oh, we're doing this now. Like, you know, Private companies are sending rockets into space. I mean, I think that's fair. I got to say, though, Janice, like, I love this story. I love it because it's hilarious. It's also, like, deeply revealing about, you know, where our minds will jump to. And, you know, I know it happened a few years ago, but at the show, we've been talking about this stuff a lot lately because we've been noticing right now that space and, you know, specifically aliens seem to be having a moment. Definitely. Plenty of people are taking another look at the night sky as they sit home during this pandemic. Yeah, and those who track UFO sightings say that there's been a noticeable and significant increase in the U.S. Some groups that track UFO sightings say that the past two years have been huge for UFOs. This summer, the sightings really came pouring in. These sightings are self-reported, and there's some disagreement about what that increase means or how big it really is. But the point remains. It really does seem like there is a ton of anxiety right now about what's going on out there. So 2020 has hit us with a lot of stuff. What is coming next is the real question. And regardless of what people are seeing up there, the conversation around these sightings has become super mainstream. 
Like, there was a segment on The View recently about a sighting over Miami. I feel like if this planet is going to continue on this path, Sonny and I are ready to go to the next planet. I'm fine to start a new colony where there's no coronavirus and no Trump. And we can start over because we have screwed things up on this one as much as possible. Some of this is obviously connected to the fact that we really are doing more in space right now. Things we've never done before. Our space force is defending our country here on Earth and wherever our mission takes us. Like the space force. Remember that? That's not just a joke or a fever dream of the Trump presidency. We really do have a space force now and other countries are following suit. Recently, France launched its first ever military exercise in space. There's also more private companies in space and more economic competition. China envisions the moon becoming a sort of pit stop and gas station, charging other countries to refuel spacecrafts that need to reach farther destinations. A commercial rocket and spaceship set to carry American astronauts into orbit. A traffic jam on the road to Mars. Countries are competing to put rovers on Mars, and eventually they'll also compete to put people there. If astronauts are going to walk on Mars someday, they will, of course, need to breathe. On NASA's next robotic mission, they plan to bring an instrument that can make oxygen. We've had, uh, within the last, you know, five or six years, a massive resurgence of interest in space as sort of the, the frontier again. MJ, remind me how to pronounce your last name. It's Benias. Benias. Okay, great. This is MJ Benias. I'm a journalist. I've written for Vice in the past. Uh, and currently, I'm the editor-in-chief of a new science and technology news website called The Debrief. Um, but I often write about strange things like UFOs and the paranormal. I've, I've sort of ignored space for a long time. It's kind of a mystery to me. And some of what's happening in space right now feels a little bit like science fiction. So MJ... We asked you here to guide me through whatever the hell I need to know about UFOs and space travel and everything else. <laughs> For sure. It's it's definitely a murky world. So what's going on? I feel like there's something here worth paying attention to. Yeah, you have this incredibly complicated sort of anxiety and excitement that, that's happening around space right now. And, and it's, I would say, sort of almost identical to what was happening in the 1950s. Huh. In France, like America, the flying saucer mystery makes headline. In Washington, ghost-like objects dart across the radar screen. When the Soviet Union and the United States were sort of in a race to get to outer space and the moon, you had this incredible interest, an incredible allocation of talent and time and treasure into the sciences and into mathematics and into technology, into trying to get there first. At that exact same time, you really have a massive rise in, in UFO culture. We've been collecting material on flying saucer observations for many months. I am here to discuss the so-called flying saucers. And this culminates to a sort of fever pitch when um, the Air Force sort of develops programs to literally study the flying saucer craze. The Air Force interest in this problem has been due to our feeling of an obligation to identify and analyze to the best of our ability anything in the air that may have the possibility of threat or menace to the United States. This all culminates in 1969. The United States puts men on the moon for the first time. And in 1969, the Air Force shuts its UFO program called Project Blue Book, and it basically 
concludes that there's nothing to UFO sightings. They're they're basically nonsense and they're they're not really worthy of study. Interesting. So it's like in these moments when we are pushing further into space and also when we feel existentially threatened, like during Cold War with nuclear weapons, that seems to be when people get fixated on UFOs. Right. Yeah. I mean, space has always been this, you know, horrible, frightening place where where you can die terribly in your spacesuit. And at the same time, you know, space is viewed as sort of the new frontier, right? The promised land where where we will find new technology and new resources and, and ultimately save ourselves. And UFOs definitely have a similar kind of framework, right? People view them as being these invaders and harbingers of doom. They rain laser beams down upon our cities and blow up New York. And and at the same time, they're going to save us from ourselves. They're going to tell us to abandon our nuclear weapons or stop global warming. Um, And and they're going to ultimately save humanity from, you know, being human. UFOs and aliens are kind of our modern myth. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's like aliens and UFOs are like the dragons that map makers used to draw into places that were like unknown to them. You know, the, the here be monsters thing. And now that moon bases and colonizing Mars seems like they'll actually happen in the near future. The myth of the alien has a lot of power again. Yeah, we're just maybe a little bit smarter and a little more technologically advanced than we were in the 1950s. But, you know, history tends to repeat itself. I think we're kind of going down this road again. It's the video that's making even skeptics do a double take. It's such a, a parallel moment. The public knew that the government was investigating UFO sightings in the 1950s and 60s. And today, the public is aware again that the Pentagon is engaged in investigating UFOs. I have spent most of my time in the world of counter-espionage and counter-terrorism, counter-insurgency. In what was, until recently a secret program that was run by this guy named Lou Elizondo. I am a a trained and credentialed counterintelligence special agent. Right, who you put me in touch with. All right, folks, can you hear me? Lou started working within the Department of Defense in 1994. And then, after 15 years of spycraft, he got a new assignment. In 2008, I was was approached by some people who were part of a very, very small and nuanced program. At the time, I had no idea what it was. One uh, early afternoon, I remember two people walking into my office, kind of like out of the out of the movies, right? Two people show up in suits. They invited me to go uh, to an undisclosed location to go visit with their director, and they walked me back there. And I was greeted by by a gentleman, very serious look on his face, glasses, older gentleman, and uh, he greeted me. He didn't even smile. He asked me what were my thoughts about UFOs. Lou didn't know that the Pentagon even had a UFO program, but he was about to join it. This was a program that was established by Congress, particularly the Senate. A secret multi-million dollar program that had started back in the early 2000s. The official goal was to study things like warp speed and wormholes, stuff that people thought might be useful to national defense. And also... To see... Uh, what information is available regarding the topic of UFOs. So Lou gets handed this stack of reports that 
come from military personnel and their weird and anomalous experiences with unknown objects. The Pentagon just sort of has these files and has no idea what to do with them. Because for years, naval aviators and Air Force pilots and soldiers have been reporting these strange sightings of objects in the water or in the sky. And not only that, they're taking pictures of them and they're recording them on film. My name is David Fravor. So I'm going to take you back to 2004, November. We were putting all the pieces to the carrier battle group together to get ready to deploy to Iraq. David Fravor was a commander in the U.S. Navy. He served aboard the USS Nimitz. He talked to Vice in 2019 about his experience. Did I ever think this would happen? No. Would I like to just crawl back under a rock and be myself again? Yes. In 2004, he was on a training exercise with his wingman, wing woman in this case, and they were basically uh, flying off the coast of California, um, running an exercise when all of a sudden his sort of comms pick up and... And they came back and said, well, we're going to cancel training. We have a real world intercept. He needs to go track a real world target. They want us to go look at something for real. So he and his partner start flying towards the target. It's a clear blue sky... There's no wind. It's, it's literally the perfect Southern California day. So we're like, huh. So we see this disturbance in the water, and we're thinking, what's that? Because there was no white caps that day. And I go, dude, do you see that? I go, what the is that? And what we see is this little white object. It looks like a Tic Tac. I'd estimate it's maybe 50 feet above the water. It's just this white object that's randomly moving around, moving erratically, if like almost like a ping pong ball. It could just move around at will. He and his wingman get try to get closer. They're you know trying to basically get as close as they can to this thing to see it. There's no propulsion. There's no wings. Normally on a jet, if you took a picture of a, a jet airplane like that, there would be a plume sticking out the back where the heat of the engine's coming out. There's none of that. Suddenly, it just takes off. Like it, like full speed rips away. It rapidly accelerates and disappears, like poof, gone. It makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. I remember telling my backseater, I said, dude, I don't know about you, but I'm a little weirded out. Right, so I saw the video, the video of, of the Tic Tac. It's a fairly simple video. All you see is a white little blurry object. And then all of a sudden the object accelerates off in one direction. Um, it's not very impressive to look at, but I think what's important is, is like if we take the video for what it is and we take the pilot testimony for what it is, then any machine inside that object or any individual inside that object, if it accelerated at the speed it's clocked to have accelerated at, would get ripped to shreds by just gravity itself. As a journalist, right, I want more evidence and I want the data, but... Ultimately, yeah, it defies explanation. Mm. So David Fravor says he and the other pilots who chase this Tic Tac eventually land back on the aircraft carrier, the USS Nimitz. And everyone at this point has heard about their sighting. But he says his superiors don't ask him about it. And then a couple years later... I got called by a guy who said, hey, we're going to investigate your Tic Tac event. And that's how I started talking to Lou Elizondo. What they're reporting defies any current understanding of our technology regarding aircraft. This was Lou Elizondo's job, the guy who ran the Pentagon's secret UFO program, to investigate those sightings. 
And by the way, Lou switches between saying UFO and the more technical term UAP. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Because technically speaking, the U.S. government isn't sure if flying is the right word to describe how these objects appear to be moving. There may be some other form of propulsion here that uh, we don't fully understand yet. So this UFO program wasn't necessarily looking for aliens, but also for foreign technology and weaponry. Like, are these spy planes? Are these missiles? We don't know where it's from. We don't know what the intentions are from a national security perspective. What is it and how does it work? But Lou felt like no one outside the program in the wider Department of Defense was interested in what they were working on. The moment you mention UFO, it, it really becomes a tough conversation to have, especially from a national security perspective, because there's a lot of associated baggage with it. It's typically been been a topic relegated to, to, to fringe science. Uh, people automatically uh, think of tinfoil hats, The general sense Lou and his colleagues were getting was that the rest of the DOD thought that this was super fringe and maybe even a little embarrassing. So none of their recommendations and intel were going anywhere. I had the pilots going in there and as well uh, briefing their testimony. They were obviously getting frustrated because nothing's being done. It was up to me to find some sort of solution and and to to brief the Secretary of Defense. um, And yet the bureaucracy wouldn't allow it. So in 2017, Lou did something drastic. He resigned. And he and his colleague Chris Mellon, another former intelligence official within the Pentagon, sort of threw a bomb on the way out. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. So before he left the Pentagon, Lou got that video of the Tic Tac incident, plus two other videos of military encounters with UFOs, declassified. We may not know if aliens exist, but it turns out our government had a special team of UFO hunters that was trying to find out. And Chris Mellon gave them to the New York Times. You can laugh about it if you want, but a lot of people are taking this revelation very seriously. But there's like this other tiny little thing that I should probably mention, which is that right after he resigns, Lou announces that he's helping to start a company called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Have you ever had the desire to look outward to the edge of what is known and unknown? An organization run by none other than the frontman of Blink-182, Tom DeLonge. I just got super involved with the U.S. government and all this stuff, and it really took me out of having any time to play music. All the small things. Um, You can put that in there. These UFOs uh, fold space-time like this. He's definitely a true believer. And he's managed to actually raise like a couple million dollars to start this company and make contacts in the Pentagon in order to try and prove that UFOs are real. Anyway, when the news breaks that the Pentagon was actually looking into UFOs, the Pentagon sort of scrambled. They seem sort of embarrassed. And basically, they're trying to get around and say, you know, listen, guys, this is, this is not really what you think. The, the Pentagon, I don't think, was ready for it. After December 2017, you had a lot of people suddenly turn their attention back to UFOs. After the break, what happens when we become the extraterrestrials? Is the truth out there? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows Romeo serves some of the best fish and chips in Ireland. But did you know that our pizzas are just as tasty too? Hand-rolled, stone-baked, and covered in fresh mozzarella. No wonder our Big Five deal is so popular. Romeo's 12-inch margarita pizza, five chicken goujons, three onion rings, chips, and a choice of dip for just $12.95. Order now on the app or romeos.ie. The Big Five, just $12.95. Romeo's, ready when you are. Remember when we thought tech would save the world? Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path, where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. So the military is investigating UFOs, even if they don't really want to call them UFOs. That's in part because we just don't really know what these sightings are, right? Like, they could be explained by a lot of things. They could be military technology that we're just not aware of yet. That's right, yeah. But since we started working on this episode, I have been wondering about if there is any legit scientific evidence or reasonable working theory that UFOs are the work of extraterrestrials. So I guess I'm asking, is there any real evidence that there are really aliens out there at all? Right. So the answer is yes and no. You know, I think we need to keep in mind that there's a lot of things in science that are highly theoretical that we don't really have physical evidence for. So if we take something like dark matter or dark energy, we have no more real evidence to support them than we do for aliens to exist. 
fundamentally, there's a lot of evidence that would say, you know, we aren't alone. So I think the block occurs when we when we get to this idea of is that life coming here? Right. I think the vast majority of astronomers would have no problem saying, yeah, for sure. You know, somewhere out there in, you know, the Milky Way, there's probably another intelligence roaming around like us or or similar to us or was like us or whatever. Right. Like, I think the vast majority of scientists are OK with that. Where they're not OK is is going down the, the sort of the rabbit hole of is that life visiting Earth and is it interacting with humans? No, there, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't talk about UFOs, but when we want to look for aliens, like there's a there's already a science that exists. OK, so to understand this better, I talked to a scientist myself. I'm Monica Fadari. I'm a research scientist at NASA Goddard, and I am an astrobiologist and policy and ethics specialist. Um, so basically what that means is I get to look for aliens for a living, which is like definitely my dream job. Monica doesn't study UFOs. She studies life. I look for other Earths, right? I try to see if there's other habitable planets out there. And like MJ said, astronomers really do think that there is life out there on other planets somewhere. And given how gigantic the universe is, there could be a lot of other civilizations, maybe even some super advanced ones. So I asked Monica what I've been wondering this whole time. If extraterrestrial life might really be so plentiful, why don't we have definitive proof yet? There's a couple answers to that question, to that paradox. One of the reasons is that, you know, that the space is just so huge. <laughs> it's just so huge. The idea being that Maybe even in really advanced civilizations, the technology just isn't there yet. Like, it still can't transcend the distances that separate us. Another kind of theory is that Earth is kind of in the boondocks. Earth is closer to the edge of the Milky Way galaxy. So maybe life is concentrated more towards the center, and those civilizations haven't made their way to the edges yet. And then, of course, there's another uh, kind of scary, I think, answer to that, and it is that we are alone, that we are the only ones, um, and that's it's definitely possible, and it's it kind of freaks me out a little bit. It kind of spooks me. Why is that scary to you? I, I wish... <laughs> I can't really explain it. It almost seems impossible that we would be the only ones... Monica told me that as a species, we are just starting to figure out how to study distant planets. We're really just beginning to send robots to other places. One place governments and scientists who study life are really focused on right now is Mars. You probably know that three countries landed rovers on Mars this year. NASA's rover is called Perseverance, and its main mission is to see if anything lives on Mars or once lived there. I think that for a lot of people, when they picture aliens, um, you know, it, it often ends up being like a human-like creature. You know, we're talking bipedal organisms that are about the size of humans and move around in ways that vaguely resemble us. And if not, they're at least reminiscent of creatures here on Earth. What do you imagine? When I think about alien life, I tend to think towards um, like maybe something swimming around in an ocean, in a subsurface ocean somewhere. Um, or, or maybe something, some really, really tiny plant or, or microorganism. That's the kind of evidence the Perseverance rover is seeking on Mars right now. Signs of ancient microbial life. 
So almost certainly not a creature that can build and pilot a UFO to Earth. I, I don't think from what I can see that, um, you know, it's, it's really grounded in a whole lot of science and a whole lot of looking for signs of life itself. What worries Monica is that as we expand out into space, there's not a lot of laws out there. Like you can't set off nuclear weapons or build military bases on the moon and you can't attack other countries' satellites or the International Space Station. But for the most part, it's kind of a Wild West. Space sort of exists in this kind of uneasy, peaceful relationship. Um, you know, space is utilized by, by every nation to communicate. It's utilized by every nation to to track weather phenomena or the location of your car. Um, you know, it's how we transfer TikTok videos globally. Right. But I guess I feel like space is just another manifest destiny. It's becoming this increasingly militarized billionaire's playground. And it, it really does seem like we're bound for conflict. Right. Yeah. But what has yet to be discovered is sort of that one thing that will force us down the road to fight for something over space. Right. Right now, everyone's able to communicate. Everyone's able to um, kind of do their thing. But what happens when we need to control communication in space or we find some sort of resource that needs to be controlled? Elon Musk announced that he was going to put people on Mars by, um, you know, the you know mid 2020s. Um, NASA has also announced that it's going to have a Mars mission uh, and it wants to put people on Mars um, by the 2030s. The catch 22 is wherever humans go, we tend to screw it up and, and to like spread ourselves out and just like a virus invade. If we were to find some little critter like swimming around or crawling around on the ground somewhere. Monica Vidari again of NASA. Then at that point, we're trespassers. So when I think about us discovering life on another planet, I think of the history of colonization here on Earth, right? That colonizers brought new diseases and also killed indigenous people and took their land. And then there were also mass extinctions of animals. Oh, yeah. And so I'm wondering, is it possible that in space too, as we become the extraterrestrials, that we could do that all over again? A lot of people say, well, there's there's no uh, there's no indigenous people out there whose land we're going to colonize. There's no uh, like gold deposits or, or anything like that on, on Mars. So like, what are we what exactly are we colonizing? Why is the word colonization being being brought up in this context? But as soon as there's something there that we could potentially kill or hurt, that's when we really have to think about it in terms of, yes, coloniality. We have this this less than ideal past, this pretty ugly past, if I'm being honest. And this is the next chapter. We're staring, moving out into space in the eyes right now. And we shouldn't be spectators in trying to write the chapter the way we want it to. Do you ever expect to get the kind of evidence that, that maybe astrobiologists seek that, that might actually really point to, to life elsewhere than on Earth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's going to happen at some point in my life. <laughs> I would hope so. I think, you know, even even though it, it seems like a long shot, at the rate that we're progressing and the way that we improve uh, every single day, I think we're bound to find something.
So Monica is anticipating that breakthrough on what we know about aliens out in the cosmos. MJ, what about here on Earth? How close do you actually think we are to figuring out UFOs? It's possible, but honestly, I don't think it's very likely that we're going to know more soon. So since the Tic Tac video and Lou Elizondo's secret UFO program information became public, a new task force was created at the Office of Naval Intelligence to study unidentified aerial phenomena after Lou resigned. I would say that, um, uh, frankly, that if it's something of outside, outside this planet, that might actually be better than the fact that we've seen some technological leap on behalf of the Chinese or the Russians or some other adversaries. The Senate Intelligence Committee, which at the time was chaired by Marco Rubio, requested a briefing on what that UAP task force knows. It was a rare bipartisan move that even Whoopi Goldberg and Meghan McCain can agree on. A Senate Intelligence Committee, a Senate Intelligence Committee is calling on the Pentagon to release the UFO reports that they're sitting on. Those damned people. Meghan, do they need to release this right now? Yeah, obviously. The committee gave the Pentagon a deadline Um, It's the COVID relief bill, oddly enough, that passed in late 2020, and it mandates that the government has about 180 days to come back to the Senate and give them a full briefing on their research. But personally, I'm not expecting much. At the end of the day, the Department of Naval Intelligence could just basically send a giant photocopy of an alien's ass if they wanted. So if I was a betting man, I'm going to put money on the fact that this UAP task force is going to maybe brief the Senate privately, but the public is not going to get anything. But Lou Elizondo, who formerly ran that Pentagon UFO program is watching this closely. You have classified briefings about UAP or UFOs being provided to our elected officials. Um, You have the establishment of a UAP task force, and now you have a report to Congress that's due in about 143 days. You just said 143 days. You're like counting them down. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a historic event, right? This is truly uh, new territory for us as a a nation, as a government, and and frankly, even as, as a society. As of the day this episode airs, April 8th, 2021, we're down to 79 days. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Living leaves a mark on our planet and in our communities, but it doesn't have to leave a scar. At OnPost, we're building a postal and delivery service for the future through Ireland's largest electric fleet, delivering e-commerce with zero emissions. With the Green Hub helping people transform their homes for greener living and services that keep our communities connected and thriving. Living leaves a mark. Together, let's leave one we're proud of. OnPost, for your world. For more information on our zero emission deliveries in Dublin, Cork, Limerick and Waterford city centres, visit onpus.com forward slash sustainability. 
The reviews are in, and audiences agree iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela! She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive, and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart. Piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Hi, it's Allie Wentworth, a middle-aged woman with a lot of questions and a lot of answers I have pulled out of my tush as host of Go Ask Allie. My listeners want more, so we are digging in. It's real, it's honest, open and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. Can you start with your infamous $19,000 haircut? Yes, and this is a great story I, I feel about mothers and daughters with a dream and an empty bank account. Just a few of our fabulous guests this season are New York Times bestselling author Isabel Gillies, writer and Oprah's favorite life coach Martha Beck, and former editor of People magazine Jess Cagle. If we know intimate details about another person, then that person is socially important to us. Okay, so that's what you like to gossip about. Wait, what do you gossip about? All new episodes of Go Ask Alley release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Alley on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Jen Kinney, Janice Mocha, and Julian Nutter. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Sam Egan, Sophie Cases, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pram Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. From iHeart executive producer Mangesh Hatikador and senior producer Nikki Etor. I'm Ariel Zemras. Special thanks to MJ Benias, Becky Ferreira, Jason Kebler, and John Stern. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but honestly, it really would mean a lot to us if you could take the time to rate and review this podcast. It really helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. Potential. It lives in all of us. It lives in tomorrow, the day after, and years to come. We realize it by planning for the best, instead of preparing for the worst. 
At AIB, we want to help you see the potential in yourself, your future, and your money. Which is why we offer our customers the opportunity to plan for what matters most with our team of financial advisors. Your future is full of potential, and AIB can help you get there. Visit aib.ie forward slash financial planning or call us today to find out how we can help. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. There's so much going on in Latin America. In Colombia, demonstrations against proposed tax reforms have turned into countrywide protests. It can be confusing. Health authorities across Latin America are battling a rise in coronavirus infections. That's where El Hilo, a Spanish-language podcast from Radio Ambulante Studios and Vice News, comes in. Cuando un edificio se cae, no perdona. Cuando tú vives en una dictadura, ¿qué opciones tienes si eres oposición? O la cárcel o el exilio. Listen to El Hilo every Friday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.